You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Welcome to the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast, brought to you by Exodus Trail Cameras, the number one podcast for bow hunting product information and hunting stories from across the nation. And now, here's your nine-fingered host, Dan Johnson. Oh boy, it's Friday, and uh, I don't know about you guys, but I am effing jacked, because guess what I finally get to do? This weekend, Saturday afternoon and Sunday morning, I get to go and check my trail cameras. Let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven trail cameras that I get to check. And um, I don't know what to say. It's uh, for me, checking trail cameras is one of the most exciting things other than actually hunting. It's one of my favorite parts about uh, this. The cycle, I guess, watching them grow, trying to put the pieces of the puzzle together. What buck is uh, who? And uh, oh, hey, look, that one's got a, a notch out of his ear, so he must be this deer. Or hey, he's got a double throat patch, so he must be this deer. Or watching the gains in the antler department, you know, th- from week to week. Or you know, okay, this deer looks like you know, looking at their bodies. Okay. You know, he's got that Roman nose. He's a four-year-old. He's got that sway back. He's a, you know, four or five-year-old, you know, you know, watching them mature in the antler development and just, you know, I guess keeping a history or a log of these deer is definitely one of my favorite things to do. And, uh, so that's what I'm doing this weekend. Hopefully you guys have some cool whitetail or outdoor hunting related plans, maybe do some fishing or, uh, just hang with the family. Other than that, uh, we got a pretty cool podcast today. We got uh, Rob, I can't even say his name right, Rob Westbrook, and he's going to uh, review a couple products from us. One is the Halo Rangefinder, one is Trophy Rock, and then one is Hunting Outdoors Trail Cameras. So those three products he's going to do a little review on and... uh, you know, I guess express his opinion about uh, some of these products and whether or not he uh, likes them or not and uh, whether or not he recommends them for you guys, the listener. But uh, again, thanks for tuning in. And uh, before we get to the podcast, let's see what Matt Klein from Exodus Trail Cameras has to say about why they started Exodus Trail Cameras. Uh, You know, the biggest thing I believe that got us to this point is just frustration, not being happy with the products that were out there on the market, wanting to see better options on the market, looking around at all the, all the hype and the buzz and the endorsements that go on in this industry and wanting to see products, at least in the trail camera side of things that we could get into, um, that were built solid, that were backed with great customer service. And that would last longer than two or three years was, was really the biggest thing for us. To find out more information about Exodus Trail Cameras, be sure to visit exodusoutdoorgear.com. And if you do decide to purchase, make sure you enter the code Nine Fingers. That's the number nine followed by the word fingers, and you will be able to receive $20 off of your order. And so that's pretty badass. And uh, I must say that uh, these trail cameras have worked very, very well for me. Um, but I would love for you guys to find out yourself, so go ahead and pick one up. Other than that, I say we get into this week's product review podcast right now. 
All right. On the phone with me now, all the way from Tulsa, Oklahoma, is Rob Westbrook. How's it going today, Rob? It's going pretty great, man. How about yourself? I can't complain. I had some rain come through. I tell you what, our our crops this year are absolutely gigantic around the area that we live because of all the rain. Have you guys had a lot of rain down there in Oklahoma? Yeah, we've had quite a bit of rain this year. Nothing like last year. Last year, it was just like, you know, every day since the first of April. But uh, this year, it's it's been pretty wet. That's good. Um, You plant any food plots? Um. I had a lease, but I just I just found out that we lost it, so I'm in the process of looking for another one. But last year, uh, we'd already had food plots planted this time, and they were all greening up real nice. Good, good. Well, I already mentioned that you uh, live in Tulsa, but uh, what do you mm-hmm. do? What do you do for a living? I am an auto body technician. I do body paint and body work on cars. I tell you what, um, that's one thing that. I kind of regret not doing when I was in um, when when I was in high school. We had the option to do like um, home economic and art and um, like shop and auto body and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. I went I I did some other things and never did do shop and auto body class. And I kind of regret it because in a real world everyday scenario, that kind of information is very very helpful. Yes, yes, it is. What uh, What's the craziest thing that you have seen come into your shop as far as like a repair that's needed or, or, or damage? I mean, I've seen everything from bullet holes to people getting their car stuck in creeks and then big flood damage. Uh, I'd say the, the craziest thing I've ever found inside of a car was uh, I worked on this, it was like a 2006 or seven Impala, Chevy Impala. And the guy was an exotic animal salesperson, I'm assuming. <laughs> and he had a box full of dead mice in the back of his car. Just a box. Oh, Jesus. I bet you that stunk. Yeah, it was kind of weird. <laughs> That's nuts. Well, t- today uh, – or well, wait a second. I always ask this question. How was your 2015 hunting season? Man, uh, it, it was pretty good. Um, this is really the first year that me and my family kind of you know hit it hard with the bow hunting and uh, – went all out with food plots and got a bunch of trail cameras going and everything. Um, we got lots of pictures of nice deer, lots of pictures, but I guess right around the time they started, you know, turning hard horn, a lot of them disappeared. My brother ended up shooting, uh, a nice, I'm going to say it was an 11 point, um, in our rifle season, which would be late November. And I shot a, um, little buck. I sent you that picture of, yep. Um, had a weird set of antlers, you know, a spike on one side. And I think it's an eight point or a four point on the other side. And, uh, I shot that one with my crossbow in October. Oh, nice. And, you know, yeah, I mean, it was pretty good. Yeah. That is a definitely, I take it that's your son holding the, the yeah. head. Yeah. That's, uh, that's nuts how that goes complete. It's a giant spike. You're right. That's like it's, 20 it's inches. Weird. <laughs> mm-hmm. on one side just one horn yeah yeah that's nuts all right so um what's uh what's going on for this year anything uh you uh i know you just lost your lease but do you have any other ground that you can hunt that's not leased land down there i mean i have uh there's a lot of public land down here um a lot of core land we have a lot of lakes and uh you know back in a lot of the river channels and stuff like that there's quite a bit of public land so i've been keeping my eye out on some here locally uh, pretty close to town because my old lease was about an hour and a half. My wife didn't like that too much. So yeah. I've been trying to find something a little bit closer. Um, I do have 80 acres uh, down around you fall lake that I have permission to permission to hunt on. And I'm actually about to go down there tomorrow and uh, talk to the landowner to make sure we're still all good for this year. Nice. What's the, uh, what's the deer, I, I guess, quality and I guess uh, quantity down there? I mean, it it's hit or miss. Uh, I mean, you go a lot of the public land, uh, it's, they're very scarce. You don't see a lot of deer on them at all unless you get, you know, way back up in there. And it's, you know, mostly accessed by water. Um, down around the lease I had, which is where I also had that 90 acres um, permission to hunt on land, the deer... The quality, the quality of deer are de- is decent for Oklahoma, I would say. I mean, southeastern Oklahoma has a lot of nice deer in it. Um, 
but there's no ag fields whatsoever. So it's nothing like what you guys have in Iowa. I mean, a 140, 150 class deer is a, a pretty, you know, nice deer down here. Um, there's a lot of uh, real thick brush area. You know, we have some hay, hay meadows, stuff like that. It's a lot of rock. So, I mean, uh, I'm, just, I'm assuming you watch Going Deer TV. So, I mean, yeah. it's real similar to what um, Grant Woods has on his. You know, lots of rock, um, lots of valleys and stuff like that going on. Nice, nice. Well, uh, good luck this upcoming season, man. I, uh, hope, uh, I hope you connect. I hope so too. <laughs> All right. So this is going to be a product review podcast today. And, uh, you sent me a, a message and you're like, Hey, I got uh, three products that I want to, I want to talk about. And, uh, the first one here that is on the list is halo range finders. Um, I'll be completely honest. I'm not sure I've ever heard of them before. So why don't you, uh, Talk to us a little bit about, you know, hey, you know, obviously with hunting, you know, you, it's nice to know the yardage. Um, what kind of research and what kind of, uh, I guess, qualities were you looking for in a range finder before you even purchased this one? Well, previously I've never used one, you know, because this is the first year we kind of got into, you know, really started hitting bow hunting hard. And, um, so I was kind of looking around. I wanted something that was reasonably reasonably priced that had, you know, a lot of, you know, pretty good reviews is what I was looking for. Something right. that I could get for a hundred to 200 bucks that would be, you know, good quality and it wouldn't, I wouldn't have to buy a new one next year. And, um, I kind of started looking around online, you know, I was looking for, I looked at used ones on Craigslist, uh, contacted a few people about the loophole and some vortex ones, but, they were all, you know, a little bit out of my price range. Um, and then I just happened to be in Academy one day and, uh, saw this, this halo range finder on the shelf for sale that was on sale. It was marked down from $160 to 82. And I just, you know, I walked by it and looked at it and I was like, man, you know, I really don't know much about it. Uh, I hadn't really done much research on halo cause I was kind of trying to get, you know, a loophole or, you know, a better brand. Right. And, um, I just, you know, kind of looked at it there for a minute. Me and my wife are there, and I was like, oh, I've never heard of it. I'm not going to buy it. So I came to, I, came, I got back to the house. And I was, you know, kind of stressing out. I was like, man, I should have bought that. You know, it's not going to be there. It's gone. And uh, I ended up going back the next day, and it is the Halo X-Ray 600 okay. is what I ended up buying. Um, and, it's, I mean, I've never really had much experience with rangefinders before, Um I've used a couple, you know, loopholes that, you know, my, my father, you had and stuff like that. But this is the first one that I went out and purchased because, you know, this is the first year I really needed one. I felt right. And, uh, I did, I looked at the reviews online. All the reviews I read online were really good. Um, there was a couple bad ones, but I feel like everything is going to have at least one person that doesn't like it. Right. Right. Um, everyone said that they were real sturdy and they're well built and they worked real well. Um, the only complaint I have about uh, have about it is I feel like it goes through batteries really quickly. Okay. Um, I got it out of the box, you know, put the battery that it came with in there, and it, it probably lasted like two weeks. And I felt, well, you know, I did never really had a rangefinder before, so I was kind of like, well, you know, maybe that's how it is, but I'm 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 assuming it wasn't, you know. Really? So I talked to yeah, I talked. It lasts about two weeks as as far as those batteries made me, and I think it's like a c4 battery or something like that it's, so it's kind of a it's short right yeah it's a short yeah. one and they're pretty expensive if I, if I remember correctly i went to walmart i think i spent like 15 dollars on two of them or something like that so okay i wasn't too enthused about that part but um i got that one i bought some duracell batteries and stuck in there and um it made it let's see that was probably the second weekend of bow season which would have been in october so i mean it made it until almost uh, rifle season which is november i believe it's 18th before i had to buy a new set so it lasted a month on those batteries that i got from walmart so i wasn't too too happy about that um that's nuts man because the rangefinder that i had before the one i have now i had mm -hmm. for three 
if not four years before I had to change the batteries in it. And I use that. I used it every day of the hunting season because I get up in the tree, I range my range, and then I range every shot uh, when I'm, you know, doing. Uh, I forget what brand it was, but uh, um, I just feel that man that should have uh, that battery like should have lasted a little bit, longer. held a lot longer than two weeks. That's nuts. And I mean, I was just, I just kind of knocked it up to be in. Oh, you know, it was just in the it was in the box. It had been returned, you know, so I'm assuming, you know, maybe somebody, it had never been out of the box. You know, the box had been open, but the range finder had never been out of the plastic. Right. And I was like, maybe, you know, who knows? They left it in the car. I don't know. Something happened to the battery. So when I bought those Duracell and put in there and it's still, you know, it only lasted a month. I was kind of, you know, that kind of gave me a sour taste in my mouth about it. But other than that, I really don't have any, anything bad to say about the halo rangefinder, I feel like it's done a really great job. I feel like it's pretty accurate. Um, I was, I was worried about it getting wet, you know, cause it rained a lot last year. I was worried about it getting wet and, you know, me going in and out of the creeks and my pack getting wet and everything. I figured that it would fog up on the inside or have a problem like that. And it did really well. I was, I was really surprised. I didn't get any moisture on the inside. The lights all stayed working. Um, I dropped it out of my tree a couple of times and, uh, it, it didn't crack or cause any damage to it other than, you know, a little bit of cosmetic. But, uh, I feel like I, I feel like it's a pretty good, um, range finder for the price. Uh, like I said, you know, they're around, you know, between a hundred and $200. I feel like that's, you know, if you can get it and use it for a couple of years, why not? Right. Right. Um, and for 82 bucks, I guess you, you, you know, while there's some on the market, right now uh the one that i have i think is four or five hundred bucks i got mm -hmm. it i got it for free i'm not gonna lie but uh i was able it's um uh, it's a badass uh, i have the one from vortex but uh you know for 82 bucks i mean that's a pretty that's a very good price compared to what else is out there um how did it yeah. how did how did it perform in the field do you feel it was ranging accurately were you able to uh range I mean, there's, there's certain times on some range finders that I've uh, used in the past where, you know, you'll range it and it, like either two lines will come up, like it, it couldn't find the range or, mm -hmm. um, a, a tree got in the way or, or something like that. And, and it's not giving you the correct information. Did you feel confident, uh, in what the range finder was telling you? Yeah. Um, I only had a, a problem a couple of times, um, uh... I, f I always, always ranged everything twice. Once I got down set in my stand, just to make sure, you know, I know that's 40 yards, that's 35, you know, that's 45 right there. Um, only time I really had a problem with it was I was hunting on the deep Fork wildlife refuge and, um, there it's right there off the deep Fort river. And it was real foggy one morning and it would not range at all. It just kept flashing zero, which I'm assuming the fog was having something to do with the laser, you know, messing it up. Right. But uh, that was the only time that it didn't want to perform correctly, I feel. Okay. And now does this does this range finder have that angle compensation uh technology where you know certain range finders are built for straight lines and this one is kind of at you know at an angle? You know, I don't think it does being that it's like a price point, but I'm not for sure on that. Um Love to check here a second. I think let's see. It says AI technology compensates for slope to the target. Yeah, so it does. It does okay, have that. It does have it. Um, okay. Okay. Cool. So how's how's the body of it? Is it plastic? Is it metal? Rubber? What's the what's the what's um? It? Does it feel cheap in your hand, or is it, or do you do you feel it, it's quality? I feel like it's quality. Um, I'm not really sure if it's. I'm pretty sure it's like aluminum or something like that. It's got a rubber grip on the bottom and on the top. Um, it feels really good quality. Um, that's another reason why I kind of went ahead and spent the $82 on it, not knowing much about it when I did, uh, was because I asked the manager and he let me get it out and kind of look at it and yeah, yeah. make sure it wasn't broken or anything. And I was just like, you know, I was sold on it. As soon as I had it in my hand, I was like, oh, you know, $82, let, let's uh, check me out right now. Right. Okay. And, um, is there a place for you to uh, attach a rope or a string to it? 
Yes. Okay, good. Uh, in the picture I'm looking at, it doesn't show that, but uh, mm-hmm. uh, is a case? did it come with a case as well? Yeah, it came with a leather case. Okay. All right. So, over your 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 overall thoughts on this bow or on this bow on this rangefinder. Um, I feel like it's a really good product for um, the price. It is, you know, for right. the price point. You know, for an average person like myself, um, you know, go out. You can't. It's hard to go out and you know spend five or six hundred dollars on a rangefinder. Right. But I mean, you can a couple hundred dollars here for a rangefinder that's going to last you several years. You know, I've only had it this year. It seems to still be in good working condition, hopefully for more years to come. I feel like it's a good product for, for the price. Okay. Now I wouldn't go spend, you know, more than, you know, a couple hundred bucks on it though. Right. Okay. So if you were going to go out and buy another rangefinder, let's say something happens to this one, you, you, you lose it. Are you going to buy another one like this or are you, would you do something different next time? Um, I really, I've been, I have been looking, I've been looking at the, the vortex ones. Uh, I haven't really you know, looked a lot. I kind of glanced at them a couple of times, uh, at Bass Pro Shop. And if anything ever happens with this one, I think I'm going to go ahead and, uh, you know, go ahead and spend the extra couple hundred dollars to get the vortex one. Um, one, cause I like vortex. I like the warranty. You know, if anything happens to it, I can call them and, right. you know, most of the time they'll take care of me. And, right. uh, I haven't really had to deal much with halo right now, other than I called the one 800 number, you know, to ask a couple questions about the, the batteries and they all, you know, kind of said, you know, maybe it was just the batteries that were in the box. So I went ahead and bought the other ones and it only lasted another month. So I kind of was, that kind of, you know, was an issue, but yeah, for me, that would be a big issue. Not knowing mm-hmm. if my truck or if my, uh, range finder was going to work in the timber or not. If, I mean, you'd just be running through batteries left and white. Did you buy lithium batteries or just regular batteries? That's I bought, um, the Duracell lithium batteries is what I bought when I went to Walmart and they lasted a month. And now, I mean, I got, what's in here now i think energizer in here now and it but i haven't got much use out of it i mean i changed them out in november and i mean i guess i got probably two months of use out of it and it's still charged now so i mean maybe it was just you know it was in my pack and the battery was getting pushed or the button was getting pushed i'm not real sure right uh but these batteries are seem to be holding up okay is there any type of menu or settings or uh, internal things that you have to do before you start working it, or does it just push the button and go? Uh, you can ju- you just push the button and go. Now you can change it from yards to meters if you hold the button down. But um, other than that, I'm not sure that there are any other options other than I think there's a scan option where you know you kind of you hold the button down and uh, whatever you pointed at it'll automatically read. Okay. And tell you where it's at. That way you don't have to keep pushing the button over and over. Gotcha. All right. So, would you recommend? Uh, would you recommend this product? Yes. Yes. Okay. For eighty-two bucks, it's kind of uh, hard to beat, even though you do have to, I guess, uh, put extra batteries. Worry in about it. batteries, but yeah. just make sure that uh, you bring some extra ones. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. All right. On to the next one here. Let's go with. Uh, let's actually talk about. Uh, the trail cameras, the hunting, okay. hunting outdoors and, uh, H U N T E N outdoors, hunting outdoors. Um, it's a trail camera, I guess. Uh, is this the, is this the first trail camera that you ever bought? No, I've had, I have some Moultries that I picked up at a, a garage sale a couple of years ago that we've used, um, and I've, I've had real good success with those. Uh, I mean, they're probably from the early 2000s. They take the big, you know, D batteries. Yep. Um, they I, they work great still. I mean, the picture quality isn't the best, and that's why I went ahead and I was just going to buy, you know, something. So I started looking around, and uh, I came across the Hunting Outdoors um, trail cameras. Um, I found out that there was a local distribution center here in Oklahoma, so, you know, that was kind of a plus that they dealt here locally. And I hadn't really, I mean, I read reviews online, 
and they were kind of mixed. You know, there was a lot of bad reviews, but there were a lot of, you know, decent ones at the same time. People loved them because, you know, the price. Yeah. Um, I bought two, when I first bought them, I bought two. Uh, they are the C3520 IR, which is a two megapixel, but I think I've ended up paying like $30 a piece for them. Oh, really? Which, you know, yeah, at the time I was like, well, you know, 30 bucks, if it doesn't work, okay. But, you know, it'd be awesome if it did. Right. So you got the C3520IR. But before we get into the details of that, um, what were you, when you went to start buying, looking for new trail cameras, mm-hmm. you know, obviously price is a is a concern, but what were some other things that you wanted your trail camera to do before you purchased it? And did you, what other brands were you looking at uh, along with these? Um, at first I really, I was just really looking for something that, uh, you know, obviously that was a good product. Um, I was kind of looking at brain, uh, brand name ones at first. Uh, I went to Bass Pro and I kind of looked around and, and I was looking to buy about four or five of them was what it was. Okay. And, um, I was at Bass Pro and the cheapest one they had, I think it was a covert. Um, I think it was like $90 and, you know, I didn't really want to spend $500 on trail cameras right. and my lease is an hour and a half away. So, I mean, I haven't had anything stolen as of yet, but I was kind of worried about it. I had pictures of people walking around. So, um, I wanted, I wanted something that was cheap, um, that was reliable, um, I was hoping for something that was name brand that way, you know, a lot of times you buy something name brand, if you call and they'll take care of you, the customer service will, if there's an issue or anything like that. Um, but the hunting outdoors, um, it ended up having a, a pretty, you know, a one year warranty. Um, I looked at, I think it's, I looked at the covert. I looked at, um, a couple at Walmart and Gander mountain, um, remember what the other one's called. I know I looked at a Moultrie, one of the newer Moultrie ones. Um, I also looked at, I want to say it was like Spy Tech or something like that. It was an yeah. Academy one. Right, right. And uh, they were they were pretty, they were pretty cheap. Um, and then I just, you know, I kind of was cruising through the internet one night and found these hunting outdoor ones, um, found out that they were local. Um, and the price is pretty much what sold me on them. Um, okay. that, and they had a warranty. So I was like, well, you know, if it, you know, if something ends up being wrong with it, I can always call and take care of it. Right. Um, so I went ahead and bought those two C35 20 IRs. Well, I bought a 20 IR and a 40 IR and the 40 IR is a four megapixel and the 20 is a two megapixel. Okay. Um, and you know, I got them and I plugged them up and they seemed to work fine. So, you know, this was last, it would have been last May. Um, so I bought those two, I think I spent like, I think it was like 30 bucks a piece or something like that. Okay. It was, well, it was, it was under a hundred dollars shipped. Right. Okay. And, um, once I got them, I plugged them up, they all worked and everything. So I went ahead and ordered two of the elites, which are a little bit more expensive. Um, I ordered those off of Amazon. They were uh, $180 a piece okay. on Amazon. And I got those. Um, I ended up giving one of them to a friend. He, his worked fine. You know, he put the batteries and everything worked fine. I've, I put the batteries in mine. It would power up. Um, the screen was display, you know, it lets you pick your options and everything, put the SD card in, but it would never, it would never take a picture. Okay. Um, before, before we go any further, I want to talk about, uh, details of like, uh, the, the two and the four megapixels, um, okay. with other tra- trail cameras out there right now, some go up to 12, some are higher, you know, uh, 12 megapixels, eight megapixels. How does the two and the four megapixels look as far as image quality is concerned? If you're within 20 yards, I mean, it's not a great picture by any means, but it's decent. It's, it's good enough that you can count the points and see what you have. Um, right. the, the two 
uh, does not work very well at night. The the IR, the infrared, does not work very well at all. Um, the four, I never really had a problem with it at night. It took pictures just fine. Um, during the daytime, um, like I said, you can see you know how many points they had, how big the deer was, if there's anything in the background. Um, with the two, that was with the four. With the two, um, you know anything past about twenty yards, it gets pretty pretty fuzzy looking. Um, so what kind of details, I mean, I mean, what kind of options do these trail cameras have? Is it a digital display? Are you able to change, um, the burst, the time, uh, the number of images taken, the, the, the trigger delay, all that stuff? Uh, uh, you can adjust all of that. It doesn't, I mean, it has a little, uh, black and white screen, you know, gives you the options and everything to mess with it. Uh, you can change I, the elite one I had. I, I bought that one because uh, you could video with that one, if I remember correctly. Okay. Um, the But uh, they're pretty simple on the inside. You can change, uh, like you said, the delay. Uh, you can say you don't want to take any pictures, you know, for the next five minutes after you take one. You know, wait five minutes to take the next one. Yep. Um, it's got a... Uh, got a mode i don't remember what it's called i think it was a scan mode where you know every two minutes or whatever it is for the whole time it'll take a picture um until your batteries go dead or uh, your sd card fills up but yeah it has all it has all the options like that um you can pick whether you want to take uh, if you want it to take pictures at night or not um it's got it's got the burst mode where you know if it gets triggered it'll take uh three pictures i think it's three it's uh, one, three, and six uh, pictures as it goes by. Okay. So, um, from a quality perspective, when you, I mean, for thirty bucks, I mean, I'll just be honest. Thirty bucks to me for a trail camera just seems like it would be. <laughs> I hold it in my hand, and I know it retails for seventy bucks. You got it for thirty. You got it on sale, but retails for seventy. I don't know. I, what's the makeup of it? All plastic. Um, what's, is there a good seal around it? Have you had any problem with moisture getting on the inside? No, uh, actually it's built fairly well. Like the outside structure of it. I mean, it's pro it's pretty, uh, yeah, it's all plastic, but it's pretty, it's pretty sturdy. Like, I mean, I've dropped them, you know, several times, uh, never, none of them have ever broken. I've never had any problems with uh, water or anything getting on the inside. Um, it's got a little rubber seal that goes around, um, the clamps on the side, you know, suck it in pretty tight. So no moisture gets in. Um, I did have, um, where the flash is, uh, I did have a little bit of moisture get inside of there. Um, in early season, um, probably in the first of October, late September. Um, one week we got a bunch of, bunch of rain and uh, some moisture got in there but uh it cleared up after a few days but i've never had a problem with it getting on the actual inside like where the sd card and the battery and everything goes right just uh, past those first lenses right there okay so what about the uh what about the elite um how what about that one is that one noticeably better because you you've spent more money on it does it have more options is that uh an infrared as well that's the um i think it's a blackout i believe okay um ha, you know takes the black infrared black pictures yeah. yeah black infrared um that was one of the main selling points on it uh that and it was an eight megapixel so i was kind of stepping up the game right there uh, i hadn't really had any problems with the the four and the the two megapixel one so i assumed you know be kind of the same quality at the same you know kind of price break for that one so i went ahead and got those and it's a little bit smaller, you know, it's about the size of probably, um, a Coke can, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty tiny. Um, but at the, you know, the same time it's built the same way. Um, it's pretty hard plastic there. It was pretty sturdy. The outside of it was, you know, excellent. Uh, only problems I had with was, uh, the internal, internal issues like, um, put the batteries in, it would never take a picture um, stuff like that. <laughs> I'm sorry for laughing, but the, I put the batteries in it and it didn't take a picture. That's what trail cameras are supposed to do. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so what, uh, what was the problem? Did you call them? Did they fix it for you? Did they send you a new camera? 
I called them and, uh, you know, it took, let's see, I got that camera. I believe it was right at the end of September is when I got that camera. I called them, let's see, probably the first weekend because I set it up that weekend, came back because our deer season starts October 1st. When we came back, it was, it was wet. It didn't, you know, wouldn't turn on. There was, you know, nothing going on with it. The inside of it was fine. Just, you know, it rained. So the outside was messed up, you know, it had water on the outside. The batteries were dead. So I assumed, you know, Hey, you know, it just got wet. So I'll let it dry out. You know, there wasn't really any water on the inside, so I didn't think it would be a problem. And it's supposed to be, you know, a trail camera. So they're supposed to be built to, you know, kind of be outside in the environment. Um, the inside, like I said, that where the SD card and the batteries and everything go, were fine. Uh, the screen still lit up. It would still turn on after I let it dry out, but it wouldn't take a picture. Uh, I didn't get a picture the whole time that it was set out. So I called my buddy that I let, you know, borrow the other one. And he said that his worked fine. You know, no problems with his. Um, mine just, you know, did not want did not want to work. Um, so I called and I kind of told him what was up. Um, I guess I talked to a local guy here at the distribution center. He was like, well, did you mail in your, your warranty paperwork? And I was like, well, I wasn't, you know, when I got my box, it didn't have any paperwork in it. He's like, well, you're supposed to, you're supposed to mail that in. So I kind of talked to him about it for a few days. He talked to his manager and in the end, they ended up just telling me that I was, you know, kind of out of luck, uh, because I didn't send in that paperwork, but, Man, uh, I mean, at the same time, I mean, my buddies worked fine. It could have been something I did, but uh, you know, but, it's a trail camera. It's supposed to be right. you know outside and. But but what did you what did what do you think you did wrong? I'm I mean I honestly don't know. I closed it when I put it up. Uh, I made sure that it was set up on a tree, didn't fall down. Uh, I don't really know. I, yeah. I mean, I think I, I honestly think that like on the other ones on the, on the two megapixel one, that that screen, that, that front part, you know, that seal, I think maybe they just didn't get good seals on there and maybe it got in and got on the computer itself, you know, maybe that happened. Um, because I never tested it out before I took it out and put it on the tree. Right. I just, you know, put the batteries in it. It turned on. I was like, okay, you know, we're good. Right. And then, you know, I come back, I stick it on the tree. I come back a week later, and there's no pictures whatsoever taken. Man, I tell you, if you've listened to the podcast, either this one or the Wired to Hunt podcast, you know that the thing that pisses me off the worst is when a trail camera does not perform. Whether it's my own fault and I forget to, you know, turn it from the test mode or setup mode to the on position, or mm-hmm or the SD card doesn't match with the camera or something like that. And it's either user error or it's camera error that that shit pisses me off. Um, so does this, do these cameras have kind of like uh, an on setup and off switch at the bottom as well? Uh, all you do to turn it on is once you put your batteries in, you push the power button and once the screen turns on, you're good to go. Just close it. Nice. And it automatically after, I think it's like 60 seconds or something, the screen will turn off and it goes into, you know, ready to take pictures. And when I set it up on the tree screen, you know, push the button, screen turns on and starts doing the countdown. So I shut it and walked off. You know, I didn't, I didn't expect to come back the next week and not have any pictures on there. Um, and like I said, my buddies, his, his works completely fine, you know, didn't have any issues with his. And I even tried like switching the, the SD cards, like maybe that that was the problem. Cause I mean, after I started reading about it, I guess some SD cards aren't compatible with other, you know, tr- certain trail cameras. So I even used the one that he had and it still wouldn't, you know, just in my house, you know, trying to get it to trigger, trying to get it to go off. And it still wouldn't. Did, uh, did you maybe forget to format the SD card to the camera? Well, that's what I'm saying. Like I figured like maybe it was my SD card, but I used his SD card from his camera that worked, you know, it took pictures on that one. Oh yeah. So that, okay. so that one should be fine. So when I stuck it in that one, it just, in mine, it it just didn't work. 
Yeah. I, I don't know if maybe, I mean, I guess it's possible that it could have just been the SD card or maybe like the bottom, you know, the, where you put the SD card in, maybe there's something in there. Yeah. I mean, it's possible, but it was brand new. So. Right. right. Okay. Well, um, as far as, you know, obviously you had bad luck with that elite model, but the other two models, um, did they perform for you? I mean, well enough. Yeah. Um, only complaint I have is, um, it's going to sound like a broken record, but the battery life on them is yeah. ridiculous. Like my mold trees, I can set a, a set of battery in them and it'll last all season. Right. You know, and I go with these and it, it'll barely make it a week. Even if I put, like I have Duracell in it right now and that's from, let's see, I set it out last time I was down there. It was in January. I picked it up in, in February. So I think I only had pictures of like a week and a half. And what it does is like, I guess once the batteries get so low, it, the camera just doesn't work. Right. So like I can take these, I can take these batteries and stick them in my flashlight and they still turn on just the camera right. just, you know, won't power the camera. Well, I tell you there, I'm not going to explain it here, but I will uh, point you guys in the right direction. Um, one of the guys from Exodus trail cameras wrote an mm -hmm. article, um, about why like lithium versus regular batteries and why you should use lithium batteries. And I guess one of the reasons is if you, if you use regular batteries, as that power goes down, the performance of the trail camera also goes down. Now, if you use lithium, as the batteries go down, the performance of the trail camera does not suffer. So uh, batteries are very important when it comes to um, performance of a trail camera. And that's why, you know, everybody, should, you know, recommends lithium. Although, you know, eight lithium batteries is 22 bucks, which is exactly. pretty expensive. And I mean, that's what I have it in there now. I had the, the, the Duracell lithium ones. And uh, like I said, I set it out in January. They were new, brand new batteries. When I set them, I just kind of see what deer made it through the deer season. What do we, you know, what we can get pictures of afterwards. Uh, it's legal to bait here in Oklahoma. So we set some corn and stuff out. Um, and I had pictures for about a week. And when, you know, when I went to pick up the camera, the batteries are still, like I said, the batteries are still good, but the camera just, you know, whether it be, you know, the, like you said, just the batteries are at a certain point where they don't, the camera's just not powered enough to work or. Yeah. But I mean, I tried multiple. Yeah. I tried multiple different setups and then, you know, it was kind of, like I said, it's kind of like a broken record, but I did the whole thing with the trail, with the range finder. And I was just like, man, you know, maybe it's something I'm doing that all my batteries are just going dead. I don't, I don't understand, but, uh, I used, I even, I tried the, there for a couple of weeks during like our muzzleloader season and stuff like that. I used the, the cheap ones, you know, you buy them at the dollar, uh, the yeah. dollar tree, you know, the alkaline ones. And they actually lasted longer than these Duracell did. Um, huh. I don't know. Well, I guess you learned your lesson. Um, yeah. so I guess my question is, are you going to buy any more tra trail cameras from hunting outdoors? If I could get another deal on these uh, four megapixel ones, uh, I, I might I might go ahead and buy a couple more of those. Cause, I mean, thirty dollars. That's I mean, especially when I put them on public land or something like that. Thirty dollars. If someone steals it, I mean, oh right. well. Right. And you know, for thirty dollars, I think I can probably just get over the battery and just keep putting cheap ones in there. Right. So, how much do the batteries cost? Did you ever do the math or it's like, okay, well, man, it was a lot. Like I could have just bought, I could probably have bought a nice trail camera with the prices right, of right. all the batteries that I, I ended up buying. And that's one thing I, I don't think a lot of people realize is I'm going to, I'll buy a cheaper trail camera and then you're pumping batteries into it because it, you know, you know, 10 bucks, mm -hmm. 20, 30 bucks, uh, even a month, you know, if you're, if you're, how many batteries did these things take to, to operate? It takes four batteries. Four batteries. Okay. Yep. All right. Well, that's uh, four, and I think it's 20 bu for regular Duracell batteries. I think for 10 bucks, you can get 16. So, whatever that mm -hmm. math is. Well, cool. Um, let's see here. Uh, so, do, would you recommend this trail camera or 
Well, because it sounds like you had two different experiences. First off, would you recommend the, the ones that did function to a hunter? And then what about the one that did not function? I mean, your buddy said it, his worked just fine, right? Yeah, his, I mean, his works fine. It still works. And uh, I mean, I think maybe I just, you know, like I said, I think everybody, you know, every now and then the company will have that one, that one mess up. Maybe it was a, maybe they were Friday trail cameras. I don't know. Maybe somebody <laughs> built them all on a Friday trying to get out of there. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I mean my, the two and four megapixel, I would, I would suggest if someone was going to like, if someone was going to put them on public land or something like that, somewhere where they were worried about it getting stolen for $30. I mean, you can't really beat that. Um, now as far as the elite, I had a bad experience with it. My buddy, you know, my buddy and all the people that hunt on his lease, they, they ended up buying a couple more and they all had good experience. I, I mean, I just had a bad one. Okay. Apparently I just got a bad, a bad camera. Okay. Well, uh, there's that. Anything else that you want to say about, uh, these cameras? Uh, uh, next time I'm going to read more reviews before I go and buy a camera. Right. Okay. All right. So the next product here that we're going to be talking about is trophy rock. And, uh, mm -hmm. I actually picked up a couple trophy rocks this year, uh, for the very first time. Uh, and I'm interested to hear what you have to say. Um, why did you decide, you know, of all the minerals and stuff and, uh, salt licks and all that stuff that's out in the market, um, why did you decide to, uh, go with trophy rock? And, uh, I guess what were some of the other pro uh, brands that you were looking at before you decided on trophy rock? In previous years, I've always just, you know, my family, we've always just gone to the local co-op and, you know, bought a, a mineral block or, you know, just whatever kind of mineral uh, lit salt lick or whatever they had on sale there. I mean, I've tried, um, you know, the, the jelly stuff that you get in the jar or in the tub, you know, and pour out on the stump or whatever. Right. Um, I've, tr I've tried, uh, what is it, the deer cane. I've tried that. Yep. Um, and nev I never really, I mean, other than the... The, the just regular salt lick. I mean, I've had decent luck with that deer. I mean, they're, they come and lick on it, but I, um, I started watching, uh, what was it? Growing deer TV. I started watching that last, um, October, uh, not, not the 2015 October, 2014 October. And, uh, you know, he, Grant Woods, he talks, you know, so well about it. So I was like, well, you know, I, I can go, I can go buy two salt, salt licks and, you know, have a, a decent amount of deer come in or I can try this and it might, you know, just be, you know, crazy. It might be excellent. I'll, I mean, the deer might love it. And, uh, so I bought one and set it out last, uh, the 2000, the 2015, uh, May I went out and, uh, I planted, um, a little small plot of soybeans and, um, put a trophy rock out in front of one of my cameras, one of my Moultrie cameras. And, I came back three weeks later and it was just ridiculous. The amount of deer that I had, you know, coming to there. And it was like in the past years, I, yeah, I'd have a lot of doe because I mean, our part of the state down there in Southeast Oklahoma, we have a lot of does and, um, you know, I have lots of doe in there every day, but it seemed like last year when I stuck that trophy rock out, I don't know, maybe if uh, bucks like it more or, you know, if it helps with their antlers or if it's something that they need, but it seemed like there were a lot more uh, deer showing up and way bigger deer than we had pictures of the previous two years out there. Um, I tried both the trophy rock, the actual rocks. Um, I think we ended up using like three of those last year and uh, I tried the 465 and on the 465, um, which is like, I guess it's like the smashed up rocks or, you know, yeah. what's left after they cut it out or right. whatever. And that stuff worked really well. It just didn't seem to last as long. So I went ahead and just stuck with the rocks. Um, and I had this one group of, this one group of does. It was, uh, it was two, it was two, uh, mature does and, uh, three, uh, fawns and they would come in and every day for, you know, like a month, just hammer that stuff in the evening um it's right next to a pond and uh they the deer just loved it man it was it was crazy you know i don't know you know exactly what's in there that they like so much but uh the normal salt licks just wasn't going to cut it anymore right so how long did it take for uh the uh the rock itself to dissolve for you 
we set um set them out set that first one out and it was either may or, or april or may and it probably lasted until you know well into october it was still there okay um even through even through all the rain because that's what i expected with the rain and stuff that it would just you know kind of dissolve away and go away but it lasted well into october uh the 465 didn't last as long it only lasted like a month and a half but it's also a lot smaller and you know water gets on it it'll heat it away a little bit faster um and then we set two more out right at the beginning of deer season so october 1st and in january when i went out there for the last hunt um those rocks were still there you know they're they were pretty, they were still pretty good size, you know, probably a little bit bigger than your fist, but the deer was still coming to them. Okay. Um, so did you notice, uh, like consistent deer? I, I don't know if you had a, like a particular buck maybe, or a doe that you recognized from a scar that continually came back to that site day after day or yeah. week after week. Uh, like I was saying, that group of fawns in those does, I mean, I'm assuming they were the same ones. They all look about the same size in the pictures, and they came in, like, every day. It was, like, right on the money at 7 o'clock they'd come in, and they would just kind of hang out. Because that's a – we've used that right there as a baiting station for the past few years. You know, we'll put our corn our feeders out right there and uh, kind of just use that area to get pictures and see what's going on. And they came in there every day for a month you know, just every day. And then as, uh, August went on and September started coming around, we had a group of, a bachelor group of bucks that would show up there just about every night. You know, it was, it was, it was always after dark, but it was just about every night, probably about nine or 10 o'clock they would show up. Okay. So, I mean, there's not too, too terribly much to talk about with, uh, with trophy rock. Cause I don't know, I don't think it has, let me pull up their website once, but I don't think there's a ton of nutritional value that goes into this product that I know of. What about you? I, if I remember correctly, I think there's like a bunch of, a bunch of different, um, not chemicals, but, um, minerals, minerals in it that, uh, the deer like, for some reason, I remember, I think it was Grant Woods talking about it, and that's why he started using it. So I was like, oh, I'm going to jump on, jump on this here and try it out. Um, Let's see. Yeah, I'm on their website right now. And, that's uh, what I was pulling up. And they have, you know, basically two different – let's see. It's available in two sizes, a roughly a 12-pound rock and a 20-pound rock and – that 465, which is basically a, a bag of gravel. Um, yeah. And then what else? I think that's it as far as products are concerned. But um, And you said you used both? Yeah, I used both. Okay. And uh, the like I said, the 465 seemed to um, disappear a lot faster than the rocks do themselves. Um, I didn't see – I mean like uh, – a crazy bigger amount or larger amount of um, deer going to the 465. Um, it just, I think the bag 465, I want to say it weighs like 15 pounds or something like that. And um, I feel like it disappeared a lot faster. You know, they either, you know, the rain, you know, kind of hit it and made it go away or uh, something was coming in or, you know, the deer carrying it off. I don't know. Right. I'm sure. They weren't carrying it off, but yeah. Yeah, because they, they don't eat the rock. They, I mean, I've, yeah, seen, them, I've seen them lick it before, but then yeah. they, they eat the, the dirt around it. So, um, yeah, if you go to their website, uh, Trophy Rock's website, you can see a list of all those, I guess they're calling them macro minerals that are in this rock. Yeah, that's what it is. Guess, that's the word. Yeah, macro minerals. minerals. And I guess those are supposed to be beneficial to a deer, uh, you know, what they, what, what kind of needs their what kind of needs their body needs throughout the year mm-hmm. and i guess that just so i don't know i i'll be honest with you um i had one rock that got completely destroyed f- from may to uh at the beginning of may to june and then um i i actually got some different mineral that i've had success with in the past and put it out do you do you use any other or did you use any other mineral other than trophy rock this year um 
for this past really, year? Since since we lost our lease, I haven't really been putting anything out this year. But um, last year, we use I mean, like everyone does here in Oklahoma, you know, since it's a legal state debate, everybody puts corn. Everyone does. Yeah. You know, so I was thinking, you know, kind of trying to get out of that because, you know, my neighbors, everyone on the neighboring properties are on two sides on the neighboring properties uh, are hunters and they have big feeders and stuff. And then the other side is a, like a real large cattle ranch and it takes up um, three of the sides. Yeah, yeah. And so I was kind of trying to get away from the corn. So that's why I heard Grant Woods talking about it. Um, the salt licks I've tried before and had good success, success with those. So we went ahead and tried that. And I also tried, um, what is it? Rice brand. It's like ground corn. I'm guessing it is. It's like a powder. Um, it's not. A, I guess it's not really a uh, a supplement. But uh, the deer and the turkey both hit that hard. Okay. Uh, we we could barely keep it in our feeders because um, they were going in there every night and eating it. Um, we that was the a lot of I guess a lot of people down here um, actually used the rice brand. Well, this is the first time we'd ever used it and. It was it was pretty ridiculous, um, like a line of deer waiting to get to the feeder. Um, <laughs> I, we couldn't keep it in there, man. The only thing that sucked about it was uh, if it got wet at all, it just like turned into this weird mush, and they wouldn't eat it. Right, like oatmeal. But as long as, yeah, as long as it was dry, they were they were there every day looking trying to get some. Nice. Well. Um... Let's see. So obviously I take it you, you would recommend, um, you, I guess you liked your results with trophy rock. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, anything else you want to say about any of the products that we covered today? Uh, not really. Just, uh, if you're going to go out and buy, buy some stuff, probably just read more reviews on it. Um, just for everyone out there, they can go ahead and look at the reviews and kind of ask some friends, if you never heard of it, it's probably not a good idea. Right. <laughs> or at least if you haven't heard of it, look into it more. As far yeah, as, at know. least look into it more. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, I tell you what, Rob, I really appreciate you coming on the show and, uh, you know, voicing your opinion about these products. Uh, thank you. Well, thanks for having me. And we done. We got another podcast signed, sealed, and delivered. Thank you guys very much for tuning in. Thank you, Rob, for taking time out of your day to uh, come on the show and review those products for us. Hopefully, uh, you, the listener, uh, got some decent information out of these these, uh, product review podcasts, whether or not it uh, helps you make a decision or as far as purchasing a product is concerned. uh, You know, let me know in the comment section below where this is posted on the nine finger chronicles uh, website i'd love to hear your guys's thoughts on all these product reviews these gear reviews that we're doing whether or not you like it whether or not you're sold on the product whether or not you already have the product or you've had an opportunity to use it but uh yeah do that uh, another another gigantic huge big fat shout out to uh, the gentleman over there at Exodus Outdoor Gear. Thank you guys very much for supporting the show. I got uh, mumble mouth right now, but appreciate uh, your guys' support. And uh, what else do I got to say? Oh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Look me up, Nine Finger Chronicles across the board. Make sure you guys uh, um, like, follow, click, whatever, all that crap. Um, I'd love to have you guys, uh, follow me and, uh, what else, what else, what else, what else? Oh, Stitcher, iTunes, make sure you subscribe, make sure you follow, make sure you guys go and leave a comment and, uh, you know, tell me how freaking awesome I am. That'd be cool. Just kidding. Other than that, um, what else do I have to say? I know I'm forgetting something. It's Friday. I have way, uh, like, I have all this other crap on my mind, like checking trail cameras. I'm sure you guys uh, can understand that. But, uh, oh, yeah, I know what I wanted to say. 2% for conservation. Go check them out on all their social media. Like and follow them. Go to their website, uh, fishandwildlife.org. And uh, really look into what they're doing. I know more. Inf- there's going to be more information to come uh, later on this summer or potentially this fall. And uh, 
when you're in the woods, I know it's that time when a lot of you guys are going to be setting up uh, uh, tree stands. Wear your damn safety harness. <laughs>